Hey, Pastor Nick, thank you for what you do. We do honour you and we love you. Can't wait. Bless you. Fantastic. Well, it's Charles's birthday, 31 years old, and uh, we've got a cake for him. Um, but because it's fasting, it's at Degani's behind the glass. So you can looky-looky, but no touchy-touchy, all right? But it's fantastic. What a great young man. And we're so blessed to have him, uh, not just in our church, but uh, part of the leadership here and uh, just seeing God do some amazing things. Thanks, Musos. Appreciate your time. Give him a big hand this morning. That's great. Well, fasting and praying, it's not easy. How many of you have got a little bit agitated this week as you've been fasting? Be honest. Put your hand up. Only me. Okay, me and my wife. Uh, It's amazing because it's a great great um, thing to do, but it's challenging. And I know with us, I think the first three or four days, you know, I was sort of going to the refrigerator and going, no, can't have that, can't have that. And you do get a little bit agitated because there's a bit of a a struggle between your flesh and your spirit. But can I say this? There's always a great outcome. And, you know, praying is about sowing. And uh, you might, might not reap the benefits early, but I know with me every time I've prayed that God has answered. And sometimes not the way I want. Sometimes God answers in different ways. His ways are much higher than ours. But I do know that he answers prayers for his purpose and for his will. So continue to do that, which will be great. Just talking about the um, prayer meeting, this Wednesday night, I really felt in my heart that we would, uh, it, it won't just be a prayer meeting, we, we want to have an anointing service, so I don't know if you've ever been to an anointing service, everybody that comes, we want to pray for you individually, or obviously there's going to be corporate prayer about different needs in our community, but also we want to just anoint people with oil, it's symbolic that we are dedicating ourselves to Christ for this year. How many think that's a great idea and we're going to see that happen? You know, in Joshua chapter 3 verse 5, it says this, they were about to cross the Jordan and uh, Joshua, God spoke to him, says, consecrate the people for tomorrow I will do amazing things amongst you. And you know, I don't want to have an ordinary year, I want to have an amazing year to see what God wants to do. Now, this morning, um, we're going to talk about vision and we've... um, You know, I just want to just explain a few things. Some of you are new to our church and hopefully this will give you a little bit of a, you know, the big rocks or the the thing that we believe God's put on our heart. You know, I can talk about vision and I will, but let me just say this. God always looks for a person or a people that will respond to his purpose. And I'm so thrilled this morning that we've seen our church grow. And as we continue to respond with our availability, our faithfulness, we'll see God do some amazing things in our church and through our community. Today, I'm going to share thoughts with you about our vision. But some of you are going to go, well, we've heard that before. And, uh, well, you would have because vision doesn't change. How many of you know that God doesn't change his mind? Uh, He's given us a clear vision. And so today I I just want to update you with where we're at really because the Bible says that without a progressive vision, people perish. So that means that vision unfolds. You know, God's got a vision and a purpose for your life. And maybe you haven't uh, seen it all fulfilled yet, and it will keep unfolding until the day you go to be with Jesus. 
doesn't matter what your age is, God's got a purpose. It's a, it's a, 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 a purpose for your whole life and it keeps unfolding. He keeps giving you the jigsaw pieces so that you can, by faith, unfold the purposes of God. So our vision here is an unfolding vision. It's a vision that God has given us and piece by piece, he gives us those pieces to unfold his full purpose. Every year, as you know, I pray for a theme. This year's theme is faith. In 2014, our theme was moving forward. And those of you that have been on the journey, you would have seen that we went through different buildings. Uh, and that was quite a journey. It was a bit of a frustrating journey. But God kept taking us forward to where we are today. In 2015, our theme was abundant overflow. I don't know if you remember 2015. How many of you can remember that far back? Nobody, right, you do need coffee, you do need coffee, I can tell. Uh, by the way, one of our coffee guys came up to me and says, I think our coffee sales are going down this month because of prayer and fasting. So help them somehow. But in 2015, we had an amazing year because I don't know about you, but we saw the abundance provision of God. We, we, we literally saw God's miracle provision. And today, we stand in it in an amazing way. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that later on. Then in 2016, last year, was about possessing his promises. And you know, sometimes what happens is you actually physically enter into those promises. And uh, one of those promises was this incredible building. And Pastor Joe and Rosalie are here this morning. And I'll never forget when I was with Pastor Joe and we're in Deganis and he said, where do you believe God wants you to put this church? And I said, right across the, this uh, car park, get me this land. And thank you, Pastor Joe and Rosalie for being faith. Why don't you give them a big hand this morning? Uh, we don't see very, them very often. But, you know, they, they were part of that journey that got in contact with Corplex and did all the groundwork. You know, I took the glory. They did all the hard work. But we really appreciate, and it's because of people's faithfulness that we stand today in the possessing of his promises. And, you know, last year, the other thing that happened uh, was that we, we uh, you know, in our network now, we have Victory Church, which is fantastic. We've got two of their guys here this morning. We'll introduce, well, that we have introduced them in the past, but it's great to have them here. And, um, you know, now we have a network that's bigger than what we even thought. Uh, but, you know, in talking to Pastor David Ling, who's one of the former pastors, do you know, it's amazing that the vision that we have today is li literally what the vision of the church was right from the start. Isn't that amazing? And this, this, you know, he emailed me, he was telling me about the church, and he emailed me this week to say, Pastor Nick, I came to your leaders' meeting, and, you know, really, everything you're doing, nothing's really changed. God's just progressing. It's just adding. It's just expanding. Because our God is faithful. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever, which is amazing. So this year, our theme is faith. And I'm not going to talk about faith this morning. I'm going to talk about the expression of our vision. But I really believe that God this year wants to restore. Uh, there's some people here, you've lost your faith. And God wants to restore it. He wants to renew it. He wants to revive it. He wants to release it. And he wants to stretch us all to have greater faith. I believe it's going to be a great year. We're going to be talking a little bit about faith and preaching on that subject as the year goes on. Now, vision is not goal setting. When I came here in 2012, in November 2012, and I remember it very, very clearly, 
And um, I remember that God spoke to me about the vision of the church. And it's interesting that it really wasn't new. It was just a continuation of what had been prophesied and declared by people, by pioneers that pioneered this church 30 to 35 years ago. And it's amazing how literally what happened is I believe God spoke to me about the things that have been prophesied over this church. So vision isn't goal setting. I don't just get up and go, well, you know what, let's see what else is happening around the nation. Let's see what other churches are doing and let's just get some goals. Vision is about the heartbeat, the spirit, the direction and the purpose of God. And so, you know, you could set goals for your life. It's part sometimes of vision. But really what vision is about, the vision for your life is not about goal setting. It's hearing the heartbeat, the spirit, the purpose and the direction of God. And, you know, God gave me three clear words, three words that express our vision and gives us a a template to follow so we can unlock the purpose of God. God. And like I said, God always looks for a people. He looks for a person, someone who will respond and say, will you take that on? Would you be the people that will unfold and unlock the vision and I have for you and for this community? Interesting, yesterday I was looking at the survey that was done back in 2006 about this area, about the Whittlesea area. And Christianity, according to the survey, was on the decline. This was not known as a, an area that was really uh, had a lot of churches. But you know, it's interesting, in the last six to most probably nine years, this area now, there's been an increase in Christianity influence over this area. Isn't that fantastic? There are churches now springing up. How many of you know, we, we are not the only church. We are not the chosen frozen. Let me tell you that. God needs churches all over the place. We need to champion other churches. We, we shouldn't get threatened when another church starts and opens up. Let me tell you that. There are too many people here to reach. And even if we had 10 churches of 10,000, we still would not reach this area. We're here about reaching people. And so I thank God for other churches. Do you know there's a church that meets just across the road? There's two churches that meet uh, in the warehouses over here. Do you know what I say? Bring them on. Let it be a place, do you know what I mean, where we can lift up the name of Jesus. And uh, I think if we have that heart and that spirit, we work together, let's see God do some amazing things. So the north has changed. And I believe it's for a purpose. Mind you, Whittlesea has also the highest level of domestic violence. We have some major issues in the Whittlesea area. And I believe that the church needs to be not just a lighthouse. It needs to be a place of refuge and hope for people. Can you give God a hand of praise this morning? Because that's what God wants to do. That's what God wants to do. And that's why it is so important that we respond to the heartbeat of God. You know, thank God for Christian schools. You know, my wife, she, she teaches at Plenty Valley. She's one of the, um, what do they call it? I can't even remember. She's not full-time. CRTs. And, uh, you know, there's other Christian schools, Northside up here. We, we need to pray for our Christian schools. And we need to pray for the, as much Christian influence that we can in this area if we're going to see 
God do some amazing things. So here are the three expressions that I believe that God has given us. Number one, to restore, to be a restorative church. Number two, to be a church that raises people up. And number three, that we're a people, a church that releases people into the vision and purpose that God has. Our programs... Our passion, our people need to reflect and represent the vision of God. Do you know what? That's what we need to do. Our programs that we put on aren't just programs that we pull out of the air, but they need to reflect the vision, the purpose of what God is wanting to do in this area. We need to do that with great passion. Can you give me an amen to that? You're very quiet this morning. Can you say hello to the person next to you and just say, hey, this is, we need to hear this this morning. Are you alive? Are you out there? While you're doing that, do me a favor. Could you do me a favor? Just look down your row. Can you do that? Is it a good row? Somebody said, oh, it's a good row. Who's in a good row? Good. Who knows all the people in your row? Put your hand up if you... Who doesn't know all the people in your row? Put your hand up. Right. So this is what we do. This is what we... This is really important. Did you know? Can you help? Can you be a pastor? Can you be a pastor? Can you pastor your row? If we can start a spirit and we can actually have a heart to love people, guess where it starts? It starts right here. If we can't connect with the people here, how are we going to connect with the people outside? Some of us find it's so difficult sometimes just to connect. Can I just say this? Just step out of your comfort zone. It's easy. Just say hello to someone. Watch what happens. And if we can do that, God will do amazing things. So our, our vision, our programs, our passion, and our people need to reflect and represent the vision that God has for us. So let's just have a quick look at... Just these three expressions very quickly. Number one, we need to be a church that restores people's lives back to the heartbeat of God. I love Isaiah 61 because this is really the, the, the heartbeat of God. This is the purpose of God, that we're to bring good news. I pray that this is what, when people hear about our church, they say, you know what, there's good news that comes out of this church. You know, I was with our mayor about three weeks ago, and, uh, you know, he said to me, he said, you know what, Nick, he said, I'm so glad your church is there. I wish there was another, you know, 10 churches like yours that has a passion and has good news to bring. So we need to have that Isaiah 61 spirit, that Isaiah 61 anointing that says we're to bring good news, and that good news is to heal the broken and friends, let me tell you this, that there are so many hurting people in this community. You just have to open your eyes and open your ears and you will bump into them every day of the week. And we need to be a church that has great passion in reaching the broken hearted and bringing the good news of hope and love to them. We also need to set captives free, you know, and prisoners free. You know, today you might go with the people might not be behind physical bars, but let me tell you, they're locked in their emotional prisons. They're locked into their mental prisons. They're locked into feelings of shame and guilt. And we need to be a church that brings the freedom, the anointing that breaks the yoke over people's lives and sees them set free in Jesus' name. We need to also be a people that comfort. Isaiah 61, the comfort those that mourn. You'll be surprised, you know, yesterday I was in the car and I was just listening uh, to the Christian radio station and I, they had someone, actually it was Friday night, and uh, they had someone on about, you know, walking through grief. 
Boy, it's a terrible thing. Terrible thing to walk through grief. But the Bible says that we're to be comforters, we're to bring comfort. And if we can do that, we can see God do some amazing things. Then it says that we're to proclaim and declare God's favour and goodness over this area. We want to bring blessing. We want to be a blessing. You know, I want to be a church that everybody we meet, everybody we touch, after they've seen us, met us, they feel blessed. And that's how it is because we carry that anointing of Isaiah 61. We carry his anointing to bring good news, heal the brokenhearted, set the captives free and bring comfort. So how do our programs, so do our programs, are what we're doing reflect actually what we have as a vision well let's just have a look at it very quickly you know last year we were able into our warehouse and to talk about that in a minute in our warehouse you know we we um, now have two counseling rooms and it's maybe just a small step but I thank God for those counselling rooms. I thank God for Jean Tom and, and also for her team, for Angie Weeks, who, you know what, it's small. It's a small, you know, uh, counselling centre at the moment. But wouldn't it be great one day if we could have a whole office blocks of counselling and counselling in so many different areas because I believe that God wants to be a people that do bring hope. So we've got now a counselling centre, two great rooms, and wanting to build a team of counsellors that have qualifications and have expertise in so many different areas of society. You know, this is the way God works, that when we respond with vision, it might start small, but it ends up large. Just, we just got to keep taking steps, and I know that that's going to be amazing to happen. We, we counsel about five to seven people a week, and guess what? They don't all come to this church. Many of them are unchurched. That's one of the reasons why we've got it over there and not here, because so we're not here just for us. You might like, how many of you like your comfortable chairs? Do you like them? You well, don't fall asleep while I'm speaking, please. It's a great building. We just had somebody come in today and goes, this is a great building. He comes in every once in a while. He just lives across the road. He's 75 years old. He used to be a chef. He said to me, you've got a great kitchen. Me and Cole were outside. He goes, you've got a great kitchen. You should start a restaurant. Now, to be honest with you, I'd love to. I've always wanted to be. I could imagine me walking around, you know, welcoming people, you know, and going around, hey, look at this great lasagna. I'd love it. I would love it. Might happen one day. I don't know. At the moment, it's, we're not doing it. But you know what? This building is not for us alone. It's for the unchurched. And, you know, we've got Quest Apartments that use it during the week for conferencing. And you don't know how many comments we get about this building. You don't know how many comments make people think, if this is a church, I wonder what it's like. We sometimes leave those doors open and people just wander in and go, wow, I didn't know church. I didn't know that many people go to church. Why don't we shock a few people and have multiple services and have like five services a Sunday and someone a Saturday night? Wonder what would happen wonder what would happen if we really got a hold of what God wants to do. So these buildings are not for us. We're not trying to build up. Actually, if you know the story, I think it's in Genesis 11. When, I think it is, Greg. Is it Tower of Babel? Is it? Do you know? No, he doesn't know. It's out. 10 or 11. I think it's 11. The Tower of Babel, they built up. And what did God do? Say, so you're going to build up? I don't build up. He builds out. So he changed their language because he wanted to reach the world. We're not building up. We're not building an empire. We're building his kingdom and his kingdom spreads out. 
So that's why we don't do things just for ourselves. That's why we've got that warehouse. And I'll talk to you about more. We've got recovery programs. The Inside Out program is about recovery. Now, I don't know about you. We all need recovery. We all go through tough times. Life sometimes is not easy. Life can be tough. Thank God God is good. But life can be tough. And sometimes we need help to process some of those things that we walk through. And I know my wife, and we're wanting to raise up a team. She's committed to that. Also, Alpha. Thank God for Alpha. Alpha is really for the unchurched. And it's a program that we run here. That we connect people to talk about life and bring them to the heartbeat and the purpose of God. Thank God for John and Linda. That you do a great job. Come on, give them a big hand and encourage them today. And, you know, we, we, bought, we bought, you know, in the middle of a great challenge of walking through this building. We hadn't even finished this building. And I remember t- talking to the church and saying, we must get, the, if this warehouse comes up, we must grab it. We must get it for the sake of the future and the purpose of what God's got. And I thought it wouldn't come on the radar till maybe next year. But before this building was even finished, even before we walked in here, when we were still paying the bills on this building, that warehouse came up. And I was thinking, God, this is not good. This timing is not good. How many of you know that God's got a different time frame? Gosh, I wish he'd get it right. I really do. And it just wasn't happening. And, you know, Paul Satino, who works for Corplex, Corplex owner, says, hey, Nick, the building's come up and there's a really good offer. Sorry, I have to have a drink every once in a while. I'm speaking too fast. And um, so what happened is I said, mate, are you sure? He goes, yep, it's a good offer and it's on the table and they want it. So we went to the eldership and I just want to thank our eldership for having the courage to step out and say, let's get this building. And so we grabbed a hold of the building and it stretched us for a little while. Uh, but God has been so good and so faithful to us. And now we own two buildings. Isn't it amazing? We didn't have any building. Now we own two. That building, the warehouse, is actually as big as this. Uh, it's going to be our community hub. And we already have some functioning things. Can you get that video ready? Can you get it? We're going to just take you through it. Have a look at, because uh, some of you haven't walked in it. And that's because we haven't, you know, created an opportunity for that to happen. But once we get the ball rolling, we want to take you right through. So let's just have a quick look at the building. fantastic 
And let me tell you, you know, that um, I'm excited about that building because I felt God put on my heart that we needed to have a place where the church family can meet. It can be a hub where people come and Christians and people that want to know God, but there are people that will never step their foot inside a door, maybe because of the wrong perceptions of God, maybe because of something that's happened to their life. But you know what? Whether they come to God, we want to still serve them with a message of hope, truth and love. And so, you know, that building is still under unfolding at the moment we've got a couple of things happening in there naturally music which is a music school and I love what Nat's vision is and what her heart is to reach unchurched people and you'll be amazed at how many uh, children go to that course and how many awards that they win they've actually used this building our church to do their end of year productions and things like that so unchurched people come in here and they're amazed at what actually goes on here and I think it's fantastic who knows who knows if one day one of those kids that's trained there will end up being on our worship team. Who knows what God will do? The other thing is we've also got in there, we've got Cam Print, and Cam's got a business that prints T-shirts, and, you know, it's a long story how he got there, but he literally helps us. He oversees and supervises uh, that area, and it's great to have one of our guys in there that does that for us. So, Cam, I know that some people know, but won't you stand to your feet with Lisa's holding bubs? Well, Lisa, no, she isn't. Stand up. Would you give them a big hand. And uh, Cam and I are talking about putting out a new t-shirt, NR, Nick Resky, and it's going to be, and it's, we're going to tag it, New Revolution, aren't we? And I'm going to wear it, you're going to all buy one. We're going to put all that money back into sponsoring someone for internship. Don't you, don't you think that'd be a good idea? Gee, come on, don't you think that would be a great idea? Don't you think it's a great idea? NR, maybe a picture of me on it, be awesome, we'll sell millions of them. Um, you know, then there's counselling rooms, and you saw there's two of them, but you know, there's room in there, there's enough height in there that we can actually build counselling rooms also upstairs. And I'm excited about what Jean is doing and Angie and just their passion and dream for that. There's also a multi-purpose room, and we've purposely tagged it because, you know, we, I can see our youth meeting there. I can see our young old adults meeting there. We want to do it in a way that, you know, it, it's really appealing to those. But I can also see that there have been some community groups and there's other things that I believe we can do in this church to reach our community. So it will be open and we can just see what God's unfolding. Some of that hasn't totally become clear uh, and so we're just praying about it. Also, you saw there's a big open area, stage, you would have seen stage two in stage three. Now, there's some thoughts about that. Here's just some thoughts. So don't hold me to it, okay? Did you hear what I said? Don't, don't come up to me after and say, Pastor, but you said there was going to be this, okay? I'm just saying we are praying about it. There's a possibility we could put an op shop there. There's a possibility we could put a food bank there. God could do some amazing things. That could become a holistic place where people can come. It's amazing in our Victory Church, we have an op shop and we have a food bank that is really doing amazingly, amazingly. And it's in this area that you think no one would go there, but God's drawing them. And, you know, the money they make, you know, when they have profits, they give it towards missions. Isn't that incredible what God can do? So that's still on the journey. Then we've got to keep, we've got pastoral care teams that we need to keep developing. These are all things that need to develop. We need to develop a prayer ministry. 
Now, for the last three or four years, we, we have not been really great at this area. And, uh, you know, I just know this, that without prayer, we're not going to move into the dimensions of God that God has got for us. So we've asked one of our elders, Ross, Ross, could you just stand? I know that I get you to do this, but this is Ross, everybody. Give him a big, big hand. And um, Ross is an elder in our church. Ross and Cheryl, they both have a passion for prayer. And so what we're going to start to do is develop a prayer team where you can come and actually be trained in prayer, where we were going to just have nights of prayer that they will run. And so we're really thrilled in the development of that. You know, we've got children's and youth courses. I was really thrilled on Friday night. Uh, the youth were out here at, in RMIT in one of the ovals there. And um, they had uh, their first youth night. And, and it's amazing. You know, remember this, ch- this church started with very few people. And it's great to see just over 30 young people now going to youth. And many of them unchurched, which is amazing. And they were doing, what was it, bubble soccer. They wanted me to go in. I said, forget it, guys. I'd be like a rolling pin. I'd pull them all over. I don't need the suit. So anyway, there we go. But we need, we need parenting courses. We need marriage courses to help to see people restored. This is the great thing. A lot of people that have come to this church, and I could point you out today, while you've been here, God's restoring you. God's restored you. God's restored you. Our youth pastor, Geordie, when he came into our church, when we were still on the journey, was going through some brokenness. Look at him today. Today he's our youth pastor. That's what God wants to do. That's the heartbeat of God. He wants to take people out of the ashes and make them trophies for his glory. And we need to be that. We we need to carry that spirit. We need to continuously carry that spirit in our church. The second thing is, we need to... the second expression of our church is we need to raise people up. Matthew 28, 19, it talks about making disciples. And, you know, making disciples is about helping people uh, unlock the call, their gift, but also working on their character. Really, that's what discipleship is. And so how does our church reflect that? Now, we haven't got this all together. We're still on a journey. But, you know, training programs like the internship, which is really important. This year we've got four, you know, committed interns, and not just when I say committed, they're full-time interns. And you know what? I, I just believe that where that's heading is going to be very, very exciting. We need to have mentoring and discipleship. Do you know, I personally mentor and disciple people myself. It's something all of us need to do. Can I ask you this question? Who are you discipling? Who are you mentoring? And don't think that because you're shy that you can't do this. Or maybe you might think, I don't have that sort of personality. But you know what? It's interesting that that Maxwell, um, what's his name? John Maxwell says this, the shyest person in a lifetime will influence 10,000 people. So we all have an incredible opportunity to, to disciple. Maybe you just need to pray because you just don't know who God wants you to help and raise up. And for me, it's absolutely uh, imperative that we do that. How do we disciple people in this church? I'm not going to go into it too deeply, but we must take a holistic biblical um, approach. We've got to disciple people in the five areas of life, physical, emotional, spiritual, relational, financial. If you take most of the people that I mentor and you ask them, how is Nick mentoring you? I don't just mentor them spiritually. I ask them how they're going physically. How are they emotionally? How are they spiritually? How are they financially? How are they relationally? We've also got to disciple uh, in the way of generations. How many of you know there's five generations on the earth? 
How many of you are seated, sitting next to someone that's a senior? Put your hand up. Nobody wants to put their hand up. I'm not putting my hand up. <laughs> I've seen husband and wives go, you put your hand up. No, you put your hand up. I'm not a senior. I'm still a junior. But we've got seniors. And thank God for our seniors. Give, our, give a big hand to our seniors. <laughs> the seniors are clapping too. They're going, yeah, that's right. We can't, you know, just because they're older doesn't mean that they're done. They're not done. Do you want to know something? We had a working bee here on Thursday. And guess who came out? All the grey brigade. I was there with them. Do you know what I mean? So was Greg, the silver fox. I call Greg the silver fox. Did you know that? He's the silver fox. We had our silver foxes here, man. They were there. And I tell you what, they had to rest every five minutes. But still, they were there working. Unbelievable. Charles is there. Gee, we, I said, Charles, just, you know, get, you've got, he's a nurse. So just be careful here. We could have a few incidences. But, man, they did an amazing job. They're pulling out trees, cutting shrubs, cleaning. Thank God for them. They're not done. They're not done. And, and we need to honour them and we need to respect them. But, you know, there's four other generations. There's the baby boomers that are me. We're the most intelligent, good-looking ones too in that generation. My wife says that from a distance I look great. Okay, then... We've got the Gen X's, Gen Y's and Gen Z, very important generations in our church. Um, and we also need to, you know, we, we, we want to mentor not just men, but ladies. Can I say this, that we really need to raise up great women of God. They're already great women of God here. We just need to release them and unlock the potential that God's put within them. We also need to, when we're mentoring people, in leadership development, that we don't create a, a, an, inter, an internalised mentality. And what do I mean by that? Do you know there's eight gateways of society? There's eight gateways that the church is supposed to influence. Things like education, things like the economy, entertainment gateway, the medical gateway, the military gateway, the media gateway, the political gateway, the culture gateway. We are not here just to raise up people so they can function in church. Because that, you want to know something? Most of our calls are out there. But we have built churches where we, we like I said, we build up, not out. Anne-Marie, who's here this morning, she's sitting right in front. She is the principal of the Victory School with 400 kids. She's in ministry. She's more, most probably influential than I am. She's got a staff of about 60. We just did a staff retreat. And I was amazed at the quality of teachers. But this couple are amazing because, you know what, they work in and out of the church. But you know what? It's all his kingdom. And we've got to raise up people because sometimes people think this is it. You, get a, you know, it's like, well, I start from the back and then I come in and I end up on this platform. Well, I want to tell you, when you get up here, you want to get off of it. <laughs> Believe you me. I'm up here totally by the grace of God. But I have to work in that too. I don't just, let me tell you, if this is it for me, if this is it that all we do is pass this, I want to tell you something. I, my mindset is I pastor the community. You might ask, how big is your church? Well, it's as big as Whittlesea. That's why I go down to DFO and places and I try to connect with people. Why is that? It's because we've got to look outside the four walls of the church. So we've got to have conferences and field experiences which we will... Unlock. And this is the last one, release. We've got to see people released for God's purpose. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, you will receive power 
what? So you can get goosebumps on your goosebumps, so you can have a really nice, oh, wow, or, you know, I went to church this morning, and you know what? The anointing, and, and I don't want to ridicule that at all because I respect God's spirit. But friends, let me tell you this. If we, if we use God's power just for our own enjoyment, we've missed the boat. But our empowerment is to what? To go to Jerusalem. And where do we go? To Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's why I believe we've got to constantly create opportunities. Constantly create opportunities for people to be raised up. And we've got the opportunities in so many different fields. We've got to be aware of the future needs and requirements. You know, we've got to be aware that one day this church will plant churches. Pastor David Ling sent me this thing and said, well, actually, Nick, did you know that we planted the Burwood Church now called Box Hill? I didn't know that. I thought, wow, no wonder there's some connection there. He said, did you know that we, pastored, we sent a pastor to Mildura? He said, did you know we planted Alexandra? Well, it's no wonder that Alexandra's part of our network. We actually planted it. We gave $20,000 to that church when we were in the middle of a building program. Why is that? Because we believe in church planting. Because if we can plant a church in different regions, we can see God's kingdom continue to be grown in great ways. So we've got to raise up church leaders. We've got to raise up missionaries. We've got to raise up community people that have an understanding and an anointing. Some of you, please hear what I'm about to say. Some of you have an anointing to work in the community and not actually in the local church. And you might go, but you know, because sometimes we get ministry confused. But some of you have an incredible anointing, have got an incredible uh, desire and gifted to reach the unchurched in the community. And if we can unlock you, then who knows what God can do. Okay, I'll finish my part. How many of you are getting a little bit excited? Who's getting a little bit excited? Because God wants to do something. It's for his purpose. Now, I've asked Pastor Charles to come. Now, Pastor Charles is our campus pastor. And God's just raising us up because he's spreading us out. And um, I just want you to understand that to carry the responsibility of a church at 31 years old is not easy. And he's a very passionate young man with great gifts and we need to be thankful to God for him. God sent him in April to us. You need to know that. And let me tell you this. What's he going to be like when he's 40? Be a lot older and wrinkly. But you know what? He's conti- what I love about Charles is he continues to grow. Why don't you give him a big hand as he comes and shares some more with us. So Pastor Nick's asked me to share with you guys quickly today about some of the events that we have coming up in 2017. Now, these events are more than just events. What, what we've tried to do as a leadership here is provide opportunities where you guys can evangelise by simply inviting somebody to an event. We've also tried to create opportunities where you can encounter God. Also tried to create opportunities where you can connect with each other. So these events that we put on, we try to give them a purpose, but at the end of the day, we are trying to make it easier for you to spread the gospel, easier for you to think outside these four walls. So some of the events that I picked, these are not all of the events that we have going on this year. There is a heap of things outside of these events, but these are a few that I feel uh, are going to be impacting 
They're going to be events that I feel will create momentum for our church. And also I feel that these are the things that we can be praying into before they come. Because I know that God goes before us, but often I feel that by praying and putting it before God, I just feel covered when I'm in it. Does everybody agree? Because you quickly realise you're not doing things in your own strength. So I'm going to go through a few of the events. So coming up in February, one that's not on there is on the 26th um, of uh, February, straight after church, we have... a men's get together. This is one for connecting. We're going to be going to the driving range in Plenty Valley. That's going to be straight after church uh, on that Sunday. So please see John Graham, our men's pastor. I know he's around somewhere. He's probably busy. There he is right there. See this great man after the service to be involved. I'm not great at golf, but I live the dream of the next shot. That's what I do. I go, the next one will be better. The next one will be better. And then if I hit one good on a round of 18, I will be back at some point in the future. So uh, that's going to be exciting. But coming up in February, there are a heap of things on. We, we've heard about James Ayton. We I spoke about that earlier. One of the things coming up is Kimberly Douglas, uh, a nutritionist, is coming on the 18th. We're having a women's health seminar over the weekend. What I love about this event is that we're going to be hitting the spiritual realm. We're going to be hitting the emotional realm. But there are going to be paramedics, there are going to be nurses there that will be taking women's blood pressure. Can you imagine Meredith's blood pressure? We should put that one on a slide. See what comes up with that one just to see. I reckon she's pretty relaxed. Pastor Nick looks after her, doesn't he? You're the boss man, that's right. And what we've got to do, but what they're doing is they're hitting the physical arena. This is an opportunity for women to invite their neighbours, for women to invite their friends, for women to be discipled. I think I even want to go. I think it would be incredible. They're going to be talking about the ways that you eat, the way that you look after your body, your spiritual world. It's going to be something that I think is important because we know that if we are healthy, we're going to be more effective in our life, aren't we? So it's great that not only we hit that, but that we bring the basis around the fact that God is with us. Also coming up on the 26th of February is an Alpha Sunday. I I was blown away by, I went to one or two of the nights of Alpha um, and it was incredible. But what I love about it is that on this Alpha Sunday, we're going to be hearing some life stories, some testimonies about God's goodness, His grace, His restoration. And we we actually get to see God at work in people's life practically as they stand up here. Do Do you know that a testimony can have great impact? Do you know it's easy to hear a story, but to see a person that's walked through it, It's incredible. And then on that Sunday, we will be having baptisms. Let me just tell you that baptisms are worth it because those things are so heavy. I'd never want to take them off. I'm just telling you that now. But we do it because we know that that it is something that every believer should go through. So if you haven't been baptised yet, there is an opportunity in February for you. Why don't you come and see me? There's a a short uh, uh, one-session program we take you through around baptism. But On that Sunday, we will be seeing baptism. So please come and see me. So who's excited about February? That's great. There's heaps on. Get involved with it. Do you know, I I really feel that that if you are not growing, it will not be from lack of opportunity at this place. We will provide as much as we can for you to engage with, but it's got to be on you to take a hold of it. Do you know, there can be a million dollars there for you to spend and you can be still poor if you don't engage it. There is opportunity here, so let's get excited about taking a hold of it. Moving into March, we have Pastor John Partington coming. 
I love this guy. He is the national leader of the AOG in the UK and he's one of the funnest people I have ever been around in my life. And I can say this, that the most impacting men's breakfast I've ever been a part of was the one that he did last year. Uh, the way that uh, he expressed his point was, was in s- such realness. It was raw. It was vulnerable. But what it did is it inspired me to realise that there are other people on this journey with me. Uh, he's an incredible father of the faith and, and he lives to see people continue to rise up and, and, and mature in Christ. So I want to encourage you guys, men, to be out in March. Look for these events uh, to engage with. Look for these events to invite people. And he's also going to be joining us on the Sunday in March. So uh, be ready for that one. Moving into June, Hope Tour is coming again. Do you know that we were 80 people? And I'll remember this for the rest of my life. And there was a miracle offering that happened that day. Since that day, our church has been in over 40 different schools, has engaged over 7,000 students with a message of hope and over 150 uh, conversions to Jesus Christ. Let's give the Lord a hand for that. But this thing needs your prayer. This thing needs your, your, your input to it. it. It is not an easy thing to do. Often if legislation changes in our state, in the political realm, one moment we can't have it. But then it seems to be when all else fails, God comes through and things change. We want to be praying for this. This is an opportunity where what it's doing, not only in our church, but it's beginning to manifest itself throughout our movement, is it is forcing youth ministries, which is the generation we need to rise up, to look beyond themselves. Because what happened prior to this is we're in 40 40 schools. We, We see over 20 a year. Prior to Hope Tour, there was one relationship with schools. But what's happened is they're forcing to turn out and go, hey, how can I engage with schools ministry? How can I engage with people that don't know Jesus? How can I love people? Do you know that that was birthed from God out of this house? He he is on it. So be excited and be praying for that. Um, That will become part of our missions uh, at this church and God is on it. So let's continue uh, to pray. In July, probably another event that's quite... uh, Uh, close to my heart, but still can't understand why I didn't get a gig on the day. So we have in July this year, we're going to do a fashion parade. We have an an eight metre stage that runs right from out here and there's a runway and we're going to leave it in for the Sunday. It is a fun night. Everyone's out on the stage. I ended up emceeing, didn't understand why. But hey, on the next day, I got my own opportunity. But what it is, is it's an opportunity for us to engage with the community outside of these walls. Uh, We had between nine and 12 different businesses or something like that last year, Riz, that were here around around the outside, or lots of different pop-up shops. Those people wouldn't normally come in uh, to this place dashing. One of the ones just across the road were here. But what we do is we have an opportunity to invite people and then we give it a purpose. It goes towards our food bank. Now, wouldn't it be amazing if the money that's being raised here and then all of a sudden if God does a work, which we're, if he does, but there's a food bank across the road then all of a sudden people are going, oh, it's great that, that this place and this community harbour are actually linked and, and I'm happy to go in there and this place doesn't seem too bad and all of a sudden people's hearts, we're sowing seeds, aren't we? We're sowing seeds because God will begin to move. So I'm excited. This is going to be a really fun night. Be out for that. It was hilarious last year. 
because it was full of women and yet every guy that was in the place found himself in the booth and it was like we were put in a little cage. It was incredible and we were all too scared to go but we went out in twos and it was really quickly and then I quickly found out that there was another five guys that had hidden that room the whole night. I thought, oh, beauty. So we need to dig something under the ground this year so we can communicate with each other but it was fun. But hey, guys, you can come too. Guys are allowed to like fashion. Look at this. I wear a shirt once a week. It's on a Sunday morning. Maybe I need more of these nights, Pastor Nick. I don't know. But my wife picks my clothes. Just saying. And she'll be there. In October, History Makers is coming. That's very exciting. Who remembers uh, Mark Ritchie from last year, the Comedy Festival? That was an incredible, incredible couple of nights. Uh, What we had is we had Mark Ritchie, who is an evangelist. He came. And and what he does and and, and what I've tried to take a hold of is is he, he settles the room with laughter. And what he does, he makes people feel comfortable. He highlights things that we're all aware of. But then all of a sudden he switches and he begins to present the gospel in a way that, that uh, is so accurate, is so beautiful. Uh, and what's amazing is that anybody could sit and watch what he does and feel perfectly comfortable and perfectly fine. But we had multiple people, over 30 people respond to the gospel over those two nights. There were about 130 at each of those comedy festivals. It was absolutely incredible. But what is it? It's an opportunity to think outside of these four walls. You know, when you see these events, don't just think, wow, this will be great for me to go to. Why don't you grab a brochure and think, who can I give this to? Because we want to see this church influence the community. We want to see people that are lonely be connected. We want to see people that are not walking with God be restored to His purpose. We will provide the opportunities in this place, but we need to take a hold of them together. We do. So that's really exciting. History makers are very close to my heart. Um, uh, A young guy named uh, Mason Hudson and his wife Jess are doing an incredible job uh, running uh, this conference. I I get to be a part of it in a support role to them and and, and help bring wisdom where I can uh, because he's a lot younger than me, but God is using him. And once again, this church is seeing young people raise up and and step up. And what what he's doing this year uh, is going to be incredible. We have Pastor James. James Aiton coming back to speak at this conference. We have another young female preacher named Layla Nahavandi. She's at a um, church in Adelaide, uh, sits under the ministry of Dave Hall, which is Tim Hall's son. She was in my youth ministry for six years and she is incredible, moves in the power of God and I'm really looking forward to that. How can you be involved with this event? Find some young people to invite. If you've got nephews, if you've got nieces, maybe there's people in this community that can't afford to get there and they need a sponsor. We are all in this together. Even though this is a youth conference, we're a generational church. Amen. So why don't we continue to be praying and believing for those events? Also coming up, a a few things that obviously need to mention. Mother's Day is very important. Father's Day is very important. Christmas service. You know, there's plenty of courses going on throughout the church. Alpha will be happening. And also we've got Harvest. So there's heaps of things that we get to look forward to. Heaps of opportunities we get to connect together. Heaps of opportunities we get to reach out. What's the purpose? To see people restored to God and His purpose, raised up and released. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. I'd like to invite Pastor Greg to come. The difference between Pastor Nicholas, oh, Nicholas, you like that, Nicola, Pastor Nick, myself and Greg is the speed at which we talk. So everybody take a breath in. Ah, it's time for some Silver Fox. <laughs> Why don't you stand up for a moment, stretch your legs.
you've been sitting for a while, why don't you put your hands in the air, shake your fingers, get the blood moving. All right, now turn around, all the way around. Now you can sit back down. Now you've heard quite a bit about what's going on in the life of the church and really one of the functions in terms of vision and purpose is we have, we have a bit of a phrase that God gave us a few years and that is training for life. You know, when you use the word training, you know, in a, in a Western cultural context, it's loaded. We think about information and we think about um, maybe getting certificates. But really in God's kingdom, do you know that training is actually about your maturity and discipleship? And God's not just interested in your spiritual development, but in every area of development of your life, relationships and all the other things we've already heard. So part of our training stuff that we're promoting with the different available learning experiences is to help all of us actually grow up in Christ in every aspect of our life, whether it's your relationship, your budgeting, whether it's your obedience to, as a disciple to Jesus. God doesn't separate these things out like we tend to do. They're all part of our growth and God is using every opportunity to stretch us so we become fully mature in him, in the way we treat our children, the way we do our work in our workplace, the way we interact with our neighbours, our family, as well as the way we pray and worship and study his word. It's all interrelated. So you've heard some of the things that we're doing in terms of like the prayer courses coming up. That's a great, easy thing for you to do in connect groups, only six little sessions. The focus of that prayer course is to actually get you to practice your praying more regularly and it's a very simple way. There's no pressure. You do it together in a group. So please access that if, you, if you're interested in developing a bit more prayer, particularly while we're doing our fasting. The personal management, you've heard about that in spiritual health. That happens this Tuesday. Inside Out, you've heard about. That actually begins on the 16th of February. So some of the dates have been mixed up because we had to push it uh, a week later. So if you're coming to that or already signed up for that, that happens on the 16th of February. Alpha, you've heard. Now, anyone can do Alpha, whether you're a brand new Christian or you've been Christian a long time or you want to bring your work colleague, neighbour or family member. Alpha is a relaxed way of people asking their questions with no criticism or correction about their thoughts on spirituality and God. And it's an open conversation over a meal. So it's very different to a Bible study. Anyone can come to that. Um, parenting courses, we have Growing Kids God's Way. You'll hear a bit more about that as the year goes on. Marriage courses, we'll have Closer again. I know some of you did Closer last year. We're going to do that again uh, later this year as well. Now let's talk a little bit about some of the mission um, programs of our church and where that's heading. As we do that, I want you to prepare yourself to give financially towards a missions offering today, right now. So we're going to take up another offering just in, in two minutes' time. And so I encourage you to give towards our mission work and I'm going to describe what we're, where we're currently at. Now, missions at Uni Hill has been intentionally a little bit embryonic. It's quite small. Do you know, we, we support two particular projects and if you're fairly new here, I'm going to describe what they are in a few minutes. You know, in modern church sort of recent history, a lot of missions programs develop out of two things. People asking for support or an opportunity that the church or someone within the church hears about. What happens if you only respond to those opportunities and those requests is often will end up as a church in the long term with a bunch of disconnected 
projects that really have don't come out of the anointing, calling and the strengths that we are as a local congregation. So think about this. You know, the most important question in missions is not what you say yes to in terms of involvement and support, but what you say no to. Because it has to flow out of who we are, what we're good at locally, what our gifts are locally, what God's called us to do locally is what he calls us to do internationally. Because that's actually what we can bring to the table in his work around the world. Now, that takes a while to sort out. What is God actually asking us to do internationally? And who are we? Where are our strengths and our giftings and our callings? And when I use the word giftings, I'm not talking about um, spiritual gifts in terms of things like prophecy or anything like that. I'm talking about you and me. We're the gifts to the body of Christ. So who you are and your strengths is what God wants to use here and in other parts of the world. So the leadership is going to take a, you know, some time this year. We've already started the journey to think about what is that? What God, what do you want us to do internationally? What are our strengths locally? Now, we've got some ideas. They probably include some church planting, leadership development, some, some obviously youth ministry. But we're going to really solidify and make it clear. And that will guide what we put our hands to, um, not just financially and in prayer, but also we want to send short-term teams. So there'll probably be a trip later this year. We're looking, considering doing at least one trip this year um, towards the end of the year, so you'll hear more about that as well. So that I just wanted to let you know where we are in terms of our mission stuff. You know, Given our building, we've only been in this building, I think, exactly 12 months, actually. Um, so we've had a lot going on the last four or so years, and so now's the time for us to really consider prayerfully and carefully where we put our hand to. So just before we give our, our missions offering right now, you know that we support Matt and Kimbra um, Smith who work in Cambodia, uh, particularly restoring people who have been trapped in sexual slavery. And that's a very uh, challenging work that they do. They're doing, doing an amazing job under very difficult circumstances. Um, and also we support uh, Vince who started Youth Alive in Italy. Now that, that, that man Vince is a great guy. I've been chatting to him recently. Uh, we chat to our missionaries on Skype quite regularly, or at least I do. And Vince is really is reaching thousands of young people in major events. Um, he's also planted one church. He believes God's asked him to plant another church, which he's just gone to visit this township um, outside of Milan. I think it's about eight hours' drive. Um, but also, he's just telling me last week that uh, the Christian television station in Italy want to partner with him to plant another church. Uh, so he's doing a significant job. We, we asked him whether he'd like to come this year. He can't come this year to visit us, but he's thinking about 2018 and he might bring some of his Youth Alive team with him. So we're hoping maybe this time next year that you'll actually get to meet him. But I'm going to show you a little short clip from Vince. Just He just wants to thank us for partnering with him um, as we take up that offering. So just pick up those containers again and pass them along the road. Thanks very much, Adrian. It's just gone 8 o'clock in the morning in central Milan and it's minus 13 degrees. <laughs> well, I want to wish you all a happy new year, great 2017. For us, 2016 has been an awesome year filled with all its challenges and we're looking forward to what God is going to be doing to, with us here in Italy for 2017. I just want to thank you all for allowing me to be your missionary 
uh, to be part of what God's doing here in Italy. Thank you. I really appreciate your support, your prayers, and I love, I really do love the fact that one day I'm going to come and meet you all in Australia. I'm so honored to be part of what God is doing, uh, honored to be your missionary, honored to be just a part of what God is going to be doing in the next generation of Italian young people. Please do continue to pray for us. I look forward to meeting you all. My love, my blessings to Pastor Nick, the leadership at Uni Hill, and everyone else. Every blessing. Bye. They're fantastic. I'm going to grow a beard like that and get a hat like that. I reckon I'd look like that too. He is an amazing person because, you know, his personality actually doesn't suit the call. Here's the amazing thing about God. God looks beyond your personality. He's just, he's responded. He lives in England, uh, was actually uh, born here, lives in England, uh, now lives in Italy and doing an amazing job in uh, Youth Alive. So thank you for that. Just, we're going to finish very quickly, very soon, but just a couple of other things very quickly. Firstly, I just want to talk to you about our finances because it's really important that you understand our accountability and, and what happens with our finances. So our aim at this church is that our mortgages on our building, anything to do with our building, just to maintain buildings costs a lot of money. Um, it's great to have a brand new building, but boy, oh boy, to, to try and keep the maintenance up is really high. Like, for instance, just to get our lift service, which you have to by law, just one of their service things that they come out, I think it's every three or four months, which you have to do, which is your due diligence, is a $600 bill. Yeah, we've got electricity bills. We have all sorts of different bills. And I don't want to go into that. But I would love to build our church that all our leasing, all the, all the people that lease buildings, that all the, that money goes towards buildings. Because I believe all the money that's given in tithes should go towards ministry. How many of you believe that? And that's what we're aiming for. That's what we're really trying hard to do. And, um, do you know, we, we, that includes our mortgages. Now, this church... Um, has with this building and our other building, our warehouse, which are, I think the buildings are valued at about $8 million, which is an absolute amazing blessing to us. Our mortgage on that $8 million is only $300,000. Isn't that amazing? I think you need to give God a hand of praise for that. Now, we have... Let me tell you, we have fought hard to not misuse funds. You need to know that we have high accountability. Uh, we're not on exuberant wage packages. Uh, my eldership, no. Uh, we really, really work hard because it's God's money. And so we have high levels of accountability to that. But can I just say this? If everybody tithed in our church, uh, at the moment we're just covering all our bills, but if everybody tithed, we would have way abundance. I, I think there's... there's not a, a lot of people carrying the reality of the responsibility of what the purpose of this church is. And, you know, I'm, I've never, you know this, I've never ever got up, we don't manipulate, we don't try, and we, don't, we don't talk about money, we don't uh, put that pressure on people because it's got to be a response of your heart. And that's something individual that you have to, with your family, pray about. And I pray that you respond to what God's put on your heart regarding that. And it's really important that we do that. We Together we respond to see what God's going to do. To, to finish that building and what I believe God wants to do could cost us another 200000 And I will come to the church and ask you all to contribute something towards that if we're all going to be a part of it. And we will put that into... Um, 
a place where we can all contribute and give if we really believe what God has called us to unlock for his purpose. I believe in saving, I believe in spending, and I believe in sowing. It's the biblical pattern. Uh, every Our mortgage, at the moment, we put above our mortgage, we pay above our mortgage because we want to be responsible. We need to uh, create a saving culture. Uh, we spend money wisely because we need to understand the reality of the, your generosity, your faithfulness to God. And let me tell you, we do not take that for granted, we do appreciate together. We all, um, all our staff, we all tithe and we all give. And it's important that we sow. We've got to sow outside this church. We've got to sow into other places that God has got for us. Now, the governance of this church, and I'm going to finish with this. So there's a governance. There's a leadership team and an eldership that actually give authority and leadership to this church. Uh, and now in our network, uh, this is an apostolic hub. Uh, Uni Hill is not just a local church, it's an apostolic hub. It means its purpose is to restore, to raise up and to release. But we also, in our network, we also have the Victory Church and the Victory Church is most probably just a just a bit bigger than this one. Uh, it's an incredible church, it's got a school attached to it, it's got great properties, we, we can do some amazing things there and we, we're seeing God do some great things there. So we, we also oversee Victory Church, also Wangaratta, which is a satellite church out of, of uh, Victory. They've also got a great building. We need to build that whole community up over there. And also our Alexandra Church, which is called the Oasis Church. And together we work to see what God's going to do. Great opportunities for the future. So we have an eldership, uh, which is the eldership is the spiritual authority responsible for the covering of our church. I'm going to introduce those people to you in a minute. We also have an executive leadership team, which is myself, which is Pastor Charles, which is Pastor Greg, and also Pastor Steve Maisie. And we, we really are responsible for the vision and direction of the church. There will be other people on that uh, executive and also apostolic team as time goes up. And we also have a national executive team. So if I go off the, the rails, uh, you know, and I do something stupid, I don't think I will because I'm married to Meredith and she slaps me around a bit. But it, just in case we get some crazy idea, uh, we have a national executive that we uh, are accountable to. Uh, we get audited. Uh, they oversee us. Whenever we, even when our projection for that building, they, they, um, you know, we have to give vision. We have to raise monies by faith. But they also keep us accountable that we do the right thing. How many of you know that's a great structure to have? It's a great protection for the future of our church. Because let me tell you, we are building not just for the now. We're building for our kids that are out there today having water fights and all sorts of things, which is great. So let me introduce our eldership to you very quickly. It's myself, Pastor Charles. Would you come up very, very quickly? Bring April with you. Uh, Meredith, could you come up here with me? This is my lovely wife. She's been out water bombing. Have you been? Is there been water bombing out there, dear? Wet sponges today, okay. Um, Greg and Sue Murray, would you come up? I'm just going to bring couples up also. So Nick, my Charles... And Greg are on our eldership. Ross Valentine, Cheryl, would you mind coming up also, if you wouldn't mind? Robin Zakola, if, if Ian can come up, I'd love him to come up. You know you're okay there, but what a great couple. So Robin's going to come. Now, John and Joanna Torrance, they uh, live in Geelong, um, and um, they couldn't be with us today, but uh, they're, they're Charles's in-laws. They're an incredible couple, and uh, I've asked them to stay on our oversight just for at least a, another period of time. And then Ian Fisher. Ian Fisher 
uh, he helps us particularly with our finances, which is really great. So would you give these people a big, big hand? They, um... Now, today, um, we do have some retirees. Uh, some of these folks are retiring. I'll tell you who they are in a moment. Uh, but, you know, our church is committed to development. And if you can look at this team, um, th- there are a few older people on this team. And so the, the, the guy that most probably gets our age down a little bit is Charles and April. So how many of you know we need to develop the future? So we've asked these two couples to come on as training elders and uh, we want to start to train the next generation of elders. Uh, and they're going to sit in our eldership. I personally will train them. It takes about two years to get them up to speed. And it's really important that we invest in them now. Or else what happens, you know, if we don't, uh, it will be playing catch up. I want to continue to build in this church. And so Chris and Clarissa Valentine, would you come up? Would you give them a big, big hand as they come? Um, So that's part of the future look, which is great, and it's absolutely awesome. And Dan and Jackie Andrews, would you come up also, which is fantastic. So as you can see, you know, we we have the present, and um, we're looking to the future. And we need to think, can I say this? I live most probably five to ten years ahead. I have to as a leader. And I'm constantly thinking about what will this church look like in the next five, in the next ten years. Because let me tell you this, the kids that are you know, throwing wet sponges and everything like that, one day they'll be the leaders. And if we don't sow into them, if we don't sow into our youth group, let me tell you this, this church will have cyclic behavior, we'll have some good days, and then we'll go bang and we'll lose the whole thing. Let, let me tell you this, we're not about to do that. We're going to be a wise church that builds for the future so we can see the vision of God totally fulfilled in Jesus' name. Now, we do have a couple of people that have uh, retired. And one of the things that I really appreciate about our leadership is that, you know what, you need to know your season. Everybody has a season. Seasons change. And one of the things I've really respected is that when your time has come up in a particular area of leadership, you know what? Be gracious and and understand in your heart because God will speak to you about your leadership. My day will come one day. It will come one day. God will shift my influence a different way. Let me tell you this, and I've said it before. You won't, the, the eldership here will not be coming up and saying, Nick, you need to resign. Let me tell you this. When the day happens... I will be putting in my resignation to see the next chapter of my life. But I'll make sure that I leave it in good hands. And that's how God's meant it to be. So I just want to thank today. Cheryl actually uh, retired about a year ago. We never really thanked you publicly. uh, But today we want to thank you for your incredible contribution. You're just doing other things in church, which is great. And we really do appreciate that. So we've just got a small gift for you. And um, this is for you. And it's just for you, not for your husband, just for you, okay? Because he's still in the eldership. And we also have a Joanna Torrance, who's not here today. She's also asked if this year, because of other commitments, she's also asked if she could uh, step down from eldership and we'll be acknowledging and thanking her next time she comes. But our most famous elder, the most famous elder... Uh, on our eldership is none other than Robin Zaccolo. And uh, Robin... Robin is a legend. 
she has battled through. She's been here for most probably over 40 years. I hope I get that right about that. She's seen God do some amazing miracles. But she's also fought when this church has gone through difficult times, when there's been dark times, when the church numerically has dropped away to nearly down to just a handful of people. She's prayed. She's been committed. She's been loving. Uh, she's been on our eldership, and, and I have so much appreciated your own personal input. Uh, she's a fiery person. I tell you, man, alive. Don't, you know, she's in there. She'll tell you, she's still got passion. I want to be like that as I, I mean, she's still only 50, but look at her. She's amazing for a 50-year-old, but she has been incredible. And she's a great poem writer. Who's heard her poems? So today I've asked Meredith, just before we give her a gift, to read her this poem. Is that all right? So Meredith, would you come? Robin, our elder, our no-nonsense friend. Her services leader has come to an end. But if you imagine she'll sit quietly by, you have to be kidding, she'll serve till she dies. There's not much that Robin has not helped to do. Decades of service, she's prayed this church through. With her faithful man, Ian, who's laughed, teased and fed, this pair of team leaders it has to be said, well done and thanks. It's a great job you've done. You've kept us on track. We've had lots of fun. Put your feet up and take time to enjoy your little grandbabies, a girl and a boy. Love and God's blessings, we're praying for you. You're a real legend. You're honest, true blue. Come on, stand to your feet. I think you need to give her a huge... Huge. Thank you. Now, I've told her, we, we don't have membership in our church, but she's a life member and she can come to anything she wants. So she can gate crash the eldership. Uh, we're going to use her as a consultant. She's an incredible accountant and she can come to anything she wants. We just value your faithfulness. You're amazing. You're a great role model uh, to so many people here, which is absolutely fantastic. We're going to pray. Uh, listen, you might not know the person that's sitting on your left or your right, but could you just for a moment grab the person's hand next to you? Can you pray? Let's pray for our church. Let's pray for each other. Pray for our eldership. We need God. We need God. This is God's house. This is God's house. We can't do it without God. We carry His Spirit. We carry His vision, His purpose. And I pray today that I know that some of you maybe are thinking about, you know, joining our church. And, you know, I, I take that very seriously. You need to pray about that because this is where you'll be planted. This is where God will use you to bear fruit. But we need God's Spirit like never before. Like never before. We need the Spirit of God to anoint us, to empower us to do this journey. And Holy Spirit, we come. Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus. He was on a mission. He was on a mission for all mankind. And he saw us in our brokenness when we were in ashes. And he took us out of the ashes. And he raised us up. And he put his spirit within us. 
so that we could be trophies of your glory. Not just to enjoy that, but Father, to reach out to others. Help us, Lord. Help us to see. Open our eyes. Open our ears. Use our hands. Use our feet to reach those that are broken, the brokenhearted, those that are in prisons, those that need comfort. Father, today we commit ourselves to you afresh as we've come into this new year, as we come Wednesday night to be anointed, to, Lord, be consecrated to you. Lord, today we bring our families, our children, our loved ones to you, that your name would be lifted up and glorified. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, give God a big hand of praise. And Hey. Have a great day today. God bless you. Try and meet someone new in your row. And uh, if you're fasting coffee, just go past and have a whiff. It'll be great. God bless you.